Welcome to Of The People. I'm Adam DeYoung. I started this podcast because I wanted to learn from our elected officials what life experiences inform their decisions when they're actually governing the people that elected them. I don't care as much about whether somebody's a Republican or a Democrat. In fact, we won't do a whole lot of talk about politics on this podcast. What we are going to talk about is what life experiences help inform the decision-making process for these elected officials. Now, we might talk to them about some political issues, but only in the context of how their opinion about those particular issues was informed and formulated by their life experiences. So we'll spend a lot of time learning about people's backgrounds, where they came from, what their parents were like, what types of schools they went to, what kind of people they spent time around, and what kind of things they did outside of elected office, so that we can sort of understand exactly what uh, informs them when they're making decisions on our behalf. Our first guest, to me, seems like a pretty unique situation. He grew up in the community that he is now the mayor of. We're going to speak with Mayor Benjamin Blake of Milford, Connecticut. I thought you were a good person to have on um, for the first episode because you have been able to do sort of the true American story, right? You grew up in the town and became the mayor. So I'm interested to know from the beginning what it was like to grow up in Milford um, and how far back your your family lived in Milford. Well, I appreciate uh, the invite again. Uh, this is a, a first experience for me. Uh, I don't know if it's the true American story, because there's a <laughs> lot of different uh, true American stories, I think. But um, it's something that uh, I've really loved and appreciated. I uh, grew up in Milford, uh, born in Milford Hospital, and went to the Milford schools. I actually went to uh, kindergarten, at Meadowside Elementary School because my grandparents lived over by Meadowside and that was back when kindergarten was only half day and they watched me for <laughs> half of the day and I went to school for half of the day. And then I went over to uh, Penn Meadow uh, because my kindergarten teacher did not matriculate me into the first grade like the rest of my class because I didn't learn all the lessons you need to know in <laughs> kindergarten like sharing and playing well with others and have you learned those now? or Well, I think I've learned most of them. <laughs> but um, then I went to Calf Penn Meadow and uh, was the first graduating class of East Shore. Just went to East Shore for eighth grade. And then I um, went to high school at Foreign High where um, I had a great experience. Played sports at Foreign. Uh, swimming, a little bit of football, soccer, um, tennis. What was your, what was your go-to sport? I was a uh, a swimmer and I actually swam Division One in college. Oh, really? And believe it or not, back in those days, I was you know more more fit and uh, <laughs> I transitioned at some point in college over to rugby and then played rugby internationally and on a on a semi professional team in Australia for a bit. Oh, wow, that's amazing. What was that experience like? Uh, it was a different experience. It was um, don't you didn't have kids and things like that. Yeah, was, sure. You got to see a little bit more of the world. Yeah, that's interesting. How long did you play over there? Uh, about a year. A year? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So did you travel during that time? Or? Yeah, mostly around Australia. But oh, okay. We, we played teams like the Japanese national team, and we played um, teams in the Pacific Rim, too. I, I want to get back to Milford a little bit, but were there any experiences that you took from your time overseas that you'd now bring, you know, maybe not daily, but every once in a while pop up back in your head to say, hey, I remember learning about this. And You know, I've gone a lot of different places uh, around the world, but... Um, 
I always say if you're lucky enough to live in Milford, you're lucky enough. We've got just about everything that you ever want. Yeah, right. That's true. I, I agree with that. So your father grew up in Milford. Yeah, my dad uh, was born in Milford Hospital as well and um, went to Meadowside uh, Elementary just like I did. And he went to Jonathan Law. And my mom, however, she uh, was a New Yorker. She grew up in mm-hmm. New York and only spent the summers here. But her family goes back... Uh, a long, long time. They always came to Milford in the summers, and we have actually a family beach house that's been in our family for over 130 years. So it's amazing. It goes back. Wow. So they met, I assume, in the summertime. Your parents? Yeah. Uh, some mutual friends. Uh, one summer, probably when they were in high school, introduced them, and um, you know, the beach is one of those great places. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, oh, that's interesting. And both your parents were teachers. Yeah, or so are, are, are they still teachers? My or? entire family uh, are teachers. I'm the one black sheep in the family because I don't spend every day in the classroom. <laughs> but I do try to get to our schools uh, at least a couple times a week. Yeah. And um, But yeah, my, my mom, my dad, my brother and sister, my grandparents and aunts and uncles and wow. everybody is uh, in the field of education except for myself. Well, why, do, why do you think you were, went that the other way or another way? Uh, you know, I did have a short stint in teaching yeah. down in uh, Henrico County, Virginia. I taught civics and history to high school juniors and seniors and had a great experience. But when I came back, I did a different direction. I did some other government-related stuff and went to law school. And at some point when I grew up, I planned to go back to teaching. <laughs> when, when Milford's done with you, you can go back to teaching, right? When I have some experiences to share. <laughs> What was the what was the experience teaching civics like? Did did you take anything away from that? Yeah, again, I was down in Virginia teaching. Yeah, a little bit different, I imagine. Teaching, um, for example, there I have to teach that the Civil War was the War of Northern Aggression. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Still, you know, at least as of the you know late nineteen nineties. Right, that's right, what right. The textbooks still said that they were using down there, wow. and that's what the uh, history and government that I had to teach. So, does that give you a different perspective when you go into? classrooms here and sort of think about what the kids are learning up here and what the kids are learning down there. I mean, that's a pretty drastic example, but I'm sure there's smaller examples along the way too. And that's one of the reasons I, I did miss my Yankee roots and, <laughs> and came back up here. And I mean, there's some charm to the South. I went to college down there, went to the University of Richmond and you know, the things like you had to bring a date to the football game and get dressed up in a shirt and tie and jacket to go to football games. That's a interesting tradi- tradition yeah. that we don't necessarily have up here in the north. Right, right, right. That's interesting. What 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 drew you to Richmond? You know, I looked at a bunch of different schools. I probably applied to fifteen or sixteen. Oh wow! And visited them all and had a great experience. Uh, it was a small school, schools, a Division One school, but still a relatively small school with a nice campus and uh, good academics. And yeah, uh, it was an experience that I. Um, really enjoyed so out of all the schools that I, I visited that was the the one I chose did you go with the intent to play sports or I swam at least my yeah. uh, my first year and then I switched over and I uh, did other things like rugby and other uh, non-division one sports what did you what is your major in history political science and I think I had an education minor yeah is are the requirements I mean I know they may, may have changed by now but the requirements down there to be a teacher different than what they are up here or, or similar? No, I think there was reciprocity. So actually, I still, every three or four years, I, st- I still have to renew my teaching certification, even though I've never taught in Connecticut. Um, so every every few years, I 
I think pay $300 to the State Department of Education to, to renew a teaching certification that I've never used in Connecticut, at least. So you're, so you're not joking. You might, when you're done being mayor, go back and be a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So at some point you decided, I, I got to go back to Connecticut. You know, I want to be, uh, do something different. What brought you back to Milford? I came back uh, just because this is a place I missed. I mean, there's no place better than Milford, Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, it's got just about a little everything for, you know, when you're young growing up, uh, it was a great place to grow up. But even when you're uh, what are now considered the millennials, uh, <laughs> you know, folks that are like in their 20s and 30s. Not you uh, and I. Well, we're a little bit past we're that on, generation. We're, we're on the edge, I guess. <laughs> but, um, well, all my friends were here and I, uh, yeah. not all my friends, but I had a lot of connections here. Obviously, my family's here and I think a lot of people, even if they move away to Milford, they gravitate back because this is a place with a lot of history and a lot of um, sentimental roots. Yeah, it really does seem that way. I mean, honestly, it's like the, the number of people that I run into that say, oh, yeah, I grew up in this house or, you know, my parents' house is down the street and I bought this house. It's amazing. I mean, you don't see that in many towns across across the state and across at least New England. I mean, I haven't lived outside of New England, but... Um, so you came back, you were a lawyer for a while. How long were you a lawyer for? I went to law school and, uh, you know, for the almost 10 years before I um, became mayor, I was a full strength attorney. I still do uh, legal work for the town when there's not a conflict. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'll, oh, that's cool. I'll uh, appear on behalf of the city attorney's office when there's not a conflict, um, either at workers' comp hearings or pre-trials or huh. mediations or even depositions and things like that um, if they need coverage. And it lets me keep my hand in the game and uh, remain close to the bar um, or the bar association. And right. um, at the same t- at the same time, it saves the city on legal fees. <laughs> we don't have to hire outside counsel. Which is good. So is that um, is that something that they would normally ask the mayor to do or just because you're a you're a lawyer. So I'm a practicing lawyer. I again like my. Um, I still maintain my all my certifications. Right. Um, my continuing legal education and um, everything else. So. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, at some point, you said, I assume this is how it went. You can tell me otherwise. That I'd like to run for mayor. What put that bug in your ear? Why? Why did you think that that was something you'd like to do? And and has it lived up to what you thought it was going to be? I, you know, I've always enjoyed Milford, always uh, wanted to have some influence over the direction of the town because it's a town I grew up in and love very much. Yeah. Uh, even in law school, I was on the board of aldermen and chairperson of the board of aldermen for the eight years before I was mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always had that um, background in Milford local government and decided that it would be a, a neat opportunity because... Being mayor, there's something different every hour of every day. Oh, I bet. And I love those different experiences. Yeah, interesting. Do you feel like you have a good amount of influence on, on the community? Or do you think the mayor should have more or less? What, what, what's your take on that? I think you really have a catbird seat uh, yeah. to see a little bit of everything that's going on in town. And Milford, I think that, the thing that separates it from everywhere else is that it's a real engaged community. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally every weekend there's dozens and dozens of different events and activities that organizations and groups are putting together and you know whenever there's um, someone in need of help the whole community rallies around that cause that person um, and I think that's what makes Milford Milford you know I wasn't planning on asking you about this but I hope you don't mind Um, Sandy happened 
and that was a sort of a right smack dab sort of in the middle of your administration right right like you were sort of been in the job for a couple of years right well it's towards the beginning that was about you know that was October the end of October 2012 okay so about a year after I was okay so first elected yeah and um, it was one of those um, events that really did as I mentioned before brought the whole community together you yeah. saw a stranger helping stranger um, neighbor helping neighbor uh, trying to bail out we had you know thousands of homes that were affected by Storm Sandy. We right. had homes that were collapsed, homes that were washed out to sea, homes where the entire face of the house was ripped ripped off by the storm surge. Jeez. And, you know, there was a lot of repair and recovery, and there still is five years later, or almost five years later. Uh, there were neighbors, thousands of neighbors that were displaced from their homes, and there are still people that are rebuilding, you know, many, many years that were raising homes, elevating structures uh, all across the shoreline. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because Milford has such a great shoreline. It's one right. of our best resources. I always say that other than the people, <laughs> our, um, our beach is our best resource. But at the same time, it's one of our greatest vulnerabilities too. Right. So over the last five years, in addition to getting people back into their homes and helping out those individuals that were displaced, we're also working hard to make our coastline more resilient, um, put more of a buffer, mm -hmm. more beach in between Long Island Sound and the homes. Yeah. And we have a lot of different uh, grants, a lot of different projects, uh, drainage projects, um, building up uh, berms and breakwaters and everything else so that we are uh, more resilient and harder than ever before. Mm. Did that change the way that you saw... The, the way government can help people or or not? You know, it it sh showed that there are curveballs thrown. Yeah. That, uh, you know, the normal course of business um, isn't necessarily what you're going to expect to be doing. Right. You know, in my wildest dreams and nightmares, some of the duties and responsibilities of mayor, <laughs> I wouldn't have expected I'd be responsible for. I'm sure. You know, for example, Storm Sandy brought with it um, the fact that I had to cancel Halloween that year because it wasn't safe for right, kids to be able to sleep. That. Yeah. You know, never would I thought think that I'd be in a place where I'd have to cancel or reschedule <laughs> Halloween. But um, those are the things that just unfold. Uh, I mean, this week, a big part of my week was dealing with black bears in Milford and running around. Oh my gosh, I know. That's crazy. And bobcats. Isn't that funny? The things that you wouldn't think that you would have to deal with. I mean, I would never have a million years thought you would have to deal as the mayor a black bear in Milford, and then all of a sudden you got to come up with that. And I would think Halloween was probably a disappointment <laughs> that you had to do that. <laughs> um, all right, I, I've taken a lot of your time, but I, I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Um, do you have Do you have a sense of hope for Milford that you know the future is is bright? Absolutely. You know, I, I see Milford as a place that retains its colonial New England historical charm, mm -hmm. but at the same time prospers in the twenty first century. Um, you know, I want my kids, Carter, Caroline, Little Tucker, to know the same Milford that I grew up in and the Milford that we know today and the Milford that I know we can realize tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm doing this, because I want Milford to be just a fantastic place. And by all accounts, uh, it is moving forward at a rapid race. We're uh, rapid pace. We're outpacing um, really all other towns in Connecticut uh, in terms of economic growth. Uh, this last year, um, last two, three years, we've had a 26% increase 
and new businesses coming into town, which wow. has helped tremendously because when new businesses come in, uh, it expand, expands your grand list and right. your tax base grows. That means uh, taxes go down for everybody. Yeah. In the last two years, we've had two years of consecutive tax cuts. Um, and you don't see that anywhere else in the state. You see everywhere else in the state, people are leaving right. uh, Connecticut. And Milford is the opposite. Milford is uh, a gem that people are flocking to. Hmm. Uh, part of that is because of the natural organic resources that we have. But part of that is because uh, we are planning for a brighter future, as you said. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the time. And I, you know, I wanted to personally just tell you that um, you know, I did a program called Parent Leadership Training Institute, which you, you came and spoke at. Um, and it's pretty remarkable. You know, I don't know if the mayors before you have done it, but it's pretty remarkable in a city the size that you would come out and speak to 17 parents, not all of whom are from Milford. Um, you know, I'll put more information about this in the description of the podcast about PLTI, but it, it really speaks to how engaged your administration is in the community. And whether I agree with you on every political issue, I probably never will, and you will never agree with me. But the fact that you came out and, you know, talked about the history of Milford, explained to us the, the system of government that Milford has, which are things that people that aren't lawyers, that aren't, you know, elected officials don't know about. Um, I, I really think it was, uh, you know, I appreciated it. I know everybody in my class appreciated it. So once thank you and also thank you for doing the podcast. Well, thank you. This was a neat experience. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll be on episode 100. (laughs) (laughs) Invite me back. I will. Absolutely. All right. Raise your hand if you thought that Milford, Connecticut, a small little shoreline community in Connecticut, had a mayor who was also a school teacher, lawyer, and professional rugby player. I didn't think you would have guessed it because I certainly did not guess it. I hope you got some insight into just one elected official on this episode of Of The People. We will have conversations with many, many elected officials, and I hope you can join us for all of those. Also wanted to mention the Parent Leadership Training Institute, which the mayor and I talked about very briefly. Shortened its PLTI, one of the best experiences you can ever have if you're interested in local, city, and state government. And also, if you're interested in making any small difference in your community, doesn't matter how big or small, PLTI will help you with that. I'll put the information about that in the description below. Thanks for checking out Of The People. 